Hello, and welcome to episode 14 of Expertise is Overrated, the podcast that takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know you didn't want the answer to. I'm Vib. And I'm Sean, and neither of us has any clue what we're talking about. Now, before we award tinfoil for last week's episode, we'd like to welcome Ellie to the show. Hello, Ellie. Hello. Hi. This is very exciting. You're our first ever guest. I think no one can ever take that away from you now. No, I think it's mainly because I sent in a lot of cross texts. Yes, no, yeah, any- that, that helped, yes. <laughs> For a friend of the show and frequent contributor to our feedback section, Ellie. I would like to point out, I know you, I haven't like got so obsessed that I've tracked you down. I think that that was a much better theory. Um, I have no, I've never met this woman before in my life. As far as I'm aware, you just somehow managed to worm your way into this one. Just sneakily. No, we're, of course, very happy to have you, uh, and especially for an episode that uh, you and I have discussed offline many a time. So, um, yeah, it's going to be good. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I think it's going to be a great one. It's it's a great topic. Um, It's great that I can argue against two people for a change, and it'll be a real challenge for once. Yeah, I do feel like Sean's brought me in as backup more than anything. He needs it. He needs it. He really does. This is not going the way I expected. Isn't it? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, dear. Uh, now, okay, let's let's briefly talk about Tinfoil for last week's episode. Now, as a reminder, this is an award that we give out at the start of each episode to the person who had the most ridiculous point in last week's episode. Sean? Yeah, I mean, this one should be pretty obvious to it's anyone. It's happened again, hasn't it? it? Yeah, you're getting it again, because you just keep being stupid. I, you spent... I think 10 minutes, wasted 10 minutes of everyone's time last week, continually asserting that there were only three gods of chaos and that Nurgle was not yeah. a god of chaos and was some sort of like god of life thing. It was ridiculous. Uh, I mean, the, yeah, as people say, the line between genius and just... Well, Being wrong. Moronic is, is a very fine one. Uh, yeah. All I can say is I get a lot of comments every week from people saying, you know, come on, help Sean out a little bit. He's embarrassing himself. Uh, So I come up with more and more outrageous things to say every episode. I don't understand how you've got tinfoil and yet it's still about me. Because that's just how it rolls on this show. (laughs) So unfair. No, it was, you know, I was trying something, didn't work. Let's just move on with our lives. Okay, let's move (laughs) on. Um, We don't have much feedback for, for this episode. Um, mostly because this entire episode is basically feedback for our earlier Why Do Wizards Hide from Muggles in Harry Potter episode. And Ellie, as the person who sent the most feedback on that (laughs) episode, I think compared to everyone else in total, do you want to just share briefly with us where we went wrong? Or maybe where I went wrong? I mean, we we didn't go wrong, but go on. I mean, you did, absolutely. Um... Because I think I already, I think Sean already covered the whole. Viv was, I was cross with Viv, but I was disappointed with Sean, which I <laughs> think is worse. Um, I just, I feel like you didn't really kind of tap into the idea of like a Muggle technology, b the damage someone could do with like a bloody sniper rifle just perched on a hill, like. Also, drones. You can just do so much with drones, and like you can't mind control a drone. But I might be able That's to turn into this later, so I shall save some of that. I, but, I think we should. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of interesting points there. They're all <laughs> wrong, uh, mind you. But I will um, say, yeah, go on. No, I will say, Sean, you properly did me dirty though. With all the feedback I gave, the one you kind of put forward as my argument was the one about like if you're like having an actual face-to-face duel, one person <laughs> with a gun, one person with a wand, and you seem to think I don't understand the concept of a trigger finger. <laughs> like I know I'm English, <laughs> but I do know how I quoted you word for word. That for for the listeners' benefit, the quote was: "If you're having a duel, um, both people have guns, but one person has to shout bang first. Yeah, but yeah, and because I use that as a shorthand. So, in terms of like twitch your finger, and then also say Avada Kedavra or the pronunciation, and you have to enunciate. Otherwise, like you can't just like, Avada Kedavra. Absolutely don't. Only like you know OWL level wizards have to do that sort of nonsense. The others just speak at the speed of thought. How do you speak at the speed of thought without slur? Like 
Sylvester Stallone's never going to be a good wizard because he doesn't enunciate. You know that no, they wanted. I mean, are you, you, are you telling me that, that Dumbledore, Dumbledore can't just draw his wand and have instantly cast? Well, I'm not sure he would ever cast Avada Kedavra, but something equally potent. I, I think a a very potent wizard would speak the words in his head as they're taught to do at the later years in Hogwarts. Yeah, but uh, and I just kill you before you've even drawn your gun. I don't know because you've still got to get the wand out of the holster, and wands involve elaborate movements. Even if, like, you don't have to say the words, which I think you, most wizards do. This this comes back to the uh, we're we're already we- veering into uncharted territory, but this comes back to what <laughs> we were talking about in that episode, doesn't it? Like we're faced so often with the absolute cream of the wizarding crop, right? We see Dumbledore, we see Voldemort, we see Harry, Ron, Hermione, Neville, right? These are incredibly potent wizards we don't see uh joe blogs wizard who's just wandering down the street and as i put it uses his wand to cut potatoes no but at the same time you know if you're gonna have a muggle versus wizard duel you're not gonna put you know me as the muggle who's never drawn a gun oh can we please (laughs) well but then if i win it's gonna be really embarrassing for everyone (laughs) i mean that's the thing you can't pitch like your everyday muggle against like lord voldemort what if Lord Voldemort had to face off against a team of SAS snipers? Like, I think it'd be quite easy because I, I think I, I, I think I covered this, and he's just fucking dead. He's in, he's fucking dead if he doesn't know they're there. Perhaps, and but then I don't see of... Voldemort just casually strolling around some sort of you know easily vantaged position, if that's even a word. But you just track him. Predator wow. drone on the. You just do it Russian style and we'll just tag him with some polonium. Ah, uh, yes, and, and what, you're going to just hand Lord Voldemort some polonium, are you, in his tea? Sure, I'll no. tell him it's a, some sort of Hogwarts founder artifact. Oh, and he's going to let you, a common muggle, into his sight. We'll dart him like the animal he is. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that brings us nicely on to the reason we're here today. Indeed. Uh, which is... we rant touched about on Harry Potter, no. A rant, on, rant about Harry Potter, uh, of course. But Ellie, I think this one's, one's really yours. So is the Ministry of Magic an insurgency? Yes. Thank well, you for listening are. to... Yeah, thank you for listening to... Uh... <laughs> no, I will, I will elaborate slightly. Um, not that I think you're going to need much convincing as they're just absolute bastards, really. But, um, yeah, I think the best way to start is in the manner of a truly terrible wedding speech, which oh, is to um, use the dictionary definition of what is an insurgency. Oh, amazing. Um, which is apparently an active revolt or uprising. And then Google also offered the pursuit of a political goal by means of organized violence. And so I think it's almost too easy if you look at to the Ministry of Magic when it fell under, and I do not know how you pronounce his name, but Thickness? Thickness? Thickness, I think. Yeah. Pious yeah. Thickness. But like our dear old, dear old mate Pius, because they were actively a hostile government. Well, I say government in inverted commas. But um, I think before we kind of touch on the nightmare was the fact that the nightmare of the idea of how quickly the Ministry of Magic actually fell. You kind of have to look at just how the Ministry of Magic treat, like on a good day, treat the idea mm. of muggles and like our government and basic laws. And um, so I think, I, think, I think you're absolutely right. I think jumping straight to the Ministry of Magic at its worst under Voldemort is probably just playing on easy mode. Yeah, so I think it, it is, but it's it's equally cheating, right? Because I, I don't think you need necessarily the institution of a ministry of magic for for making that situation particularly bad for muggles, anyway. Yeah, so I just think the entire institution, like even under Fudge and whatnot, they just a is. I mean, I'm already jumping out of order of my notes, but like the fact that it's like the minister of magic. He's not called himself the Prime Minister. They're trying to hide under the sort of 
cloak of being like part of like the government in the sense that they're not saying like, oh, we're the prime minister. They're sort of masquerading under the idea that, you know, they're in the cabinet, but they are most definitely not in whichever government's cabinet because they're not appointed by the prime minister. He can't fire them. They're essentially just some sort of like little parasitic nature that sort of potentially turns up in the prime minister's office and says like, hi, basically, I'm in charge. You don't know what's happening. And I'll just tell you what's happening when I feel like it. It's just quite rude. See, but the counter argument to that is, right, that um, insofar as we do elect our MPs, we don't elect our cabinet. Whereas if you're a wizard, you genuinely do elect your minister. I think that's absolutely unsubstantiated by the text. All right, go on. No, that's it. We have no idea how the minister... (laughs) They're they're elected. I think it's mentioned repeatedly. Certainly Scrimger is elected. I don't think that they are, because we're repeatedly told Dumbledore was offered the position of Minister of Magic and turned it down. You can't... Yeah, I've always interpreted that as a sort of, we'll let you run unopposed. I don't... That's almost worse, isn't it? Like, they're happy to fix... Who's we, though? (laughs) We never hear about wizard elections... We, I, 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 need, I need to look this up now. Yeah, because they don't go, oh, Harry, you're 17 it. now. Yeah, Congratulations, no. you're of age. Also, this is how voting works. The, tr- just... the trace is off. Also, how would you feel about voting for Percy Weasley for Minister of Magic? Oh, God, why'd you have to go straight for Percy? I don't know. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like he's poised. He's probably got um, hidden depths. Very hidden. No, I, yeah, I... But there's there's wider problems, I think, than who elects or appoints or chooses the Minister of Magic. It's what power they exercise when they're in that post. Which is essentially all of it. Like they, well, exactly. They boss around. So essentially, if you look at the Minister of Magic, they can turn up in the Prime Minister's office at any point in time, like without invitation, without going through the front door, and also, they interfere in international relations to do so, which we have textual evidence of. Because when the Prime Minister at the time, in I think the six books, this will be the chapter that Viv mentioned he read to sort of <laughs> frantically brush up on. Um, when he, the Prime Minister says, oh, I've got, I'm expecting a call from a sort of different head of state, they just sort of hand wave that and say, oh, no, don't worry, we can rearrange that, we can make him forget that he has to call you and you're like so you're quite happy to just dabble in not dabble that's too far too mild a word (laughs) essentially take an overt hostile action against not only i think it's worse than that actually because i i'm pretty sure what they say is we will rearrange that he will call you tomorrow evening (laughs) yeah it's it's horrific the idea that but, but is it? I mean, uh, the, the, a patriot would argue. Well, you know, they're just prioritizing domestic affairs over international. But oh, to be shut so up. so cavalier. That's such a thin argument, and you know it. To be so <laughs> cavalier about the idea of changing someone's memory, like so. I, I think this is this is really really nasty. If you stop yeah. and think about it, Obli- I mean, I, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I've already gone way off piece, but like I think we have the same point because we've definitely discussed it before. No, but, but before I think either of you get to that, all, all I, I want to <laughs> just back up my patriotic argument here. Okay. And, I, and I will quote from a certain Joanne K. Rowling. The Minister for Magic is democratically elected, although there have been times of crisis in which the post has simply been offered to an individual without a public vote. Is this in the seven published books? No, but this then is written from no, no. J.K. Rowling, who wrote the seven published books. But all, all, I, all I want of... to say in terms of that is, I think, if you have a cabinet, quote-unquote, perhaps, <laughs> minister, who comes to you and says, we have a genuine, massive national crisis that runs, you know, that risks the lives of many of our citizens, perhaps you should postpone your call with some random foreign dignitary. There's an argument to be made for that being a good thing, no? No, that that I think is is okay. There are several issues with it. One, I'm not having J.K. Rowling put it in a tweet so it's canon because J.K. No, Rowling. She wrote an article on Pottermore, which I know is your favorite yeah. website. In she the also world. she also wrote on Pottermore more that wizards shit themselves and then use the vanishing <laughs> spell to make it go away. So I'm not fucking having it. No, no, come on, <laughs> let's be real. You've you've had that thought and, and considered it. <laughs> 
No, I haven't. <laughs> to be fair, I think before we end up soon, in a horrible conversation about the toilet habits of wizards, I think it doesn't matter if the wizards vote in their minister because essentially it's like me suddenly getting like four of my friends together and having a vote and saying, oh, I'm the minister of hairdos. And, you know, there's a national crisis that mullets are coming back. So, sorry, Boris, I've rearranged all your meetings because we really must have this chat. No, like, no, but I'm glad, I'm glad you mentioned that because you've taken... It's, it's a very good point, but you've taken it to absurdity, I think. <laughs> like, take, take the current healthcare crisis that we have right now. Would you, not, would you not argue that there's maybe a point to be made for people in the know, experts, scientists, medics, nurses, etc., to say... Perhaps we should decide who is the best team to lead this, you know, tricky situation and let them kind of sort it out from there, as opposed to having Boris Johnson say, well, here's my health secretary, who turned out to be an absolute twat, (laughs) Um, you know, lead the country through a pandemic. I'm glad we're not a political podcast. Otherwise, this would get heated. Uh, No, you're absolutely... Our last last tweet would suggest that. (laughs) But, um, so, okay, so if you had suddenly, like, a little cabal of doctors just got together and said, we've nominated, you know, we've called him, like, I don't know, he's called Steve, and he's health secretary number two, who doesn't grope people in corridors, they're going to think of a punchier title <laughs> soon. Um, and, you know, he's just going to crawl through Boris Johnson's fireplace because we found building plans or whatever, and rearrange all his meetings. It doesn't matter if you essentially get together and elect someone you have to kind of have authority i feel like I could yeah the, qu- the question is where do they derive their authority from but i'm glad you mentioned that because authority is i think that's the big big thing right and the fact of the matter is based on the seven books that we have we we, we don't know the the sort of the remit of all of this what we do know is that fudge when he interacts with the prime minister in the start of uh, half blood prince he does mention a rule book which his government officials or his, his ministry officials tell him about which to me at least suggests there may at one point have been some form of formal arrangement that was written down between muggles and wizards in terms of how governance works i don't know cuz given the way fudge speaks and the fact that he's an absolute patronizing little shit considering he's fudge he's and he's useless yeah could you imagine being patronized by someone that thick it, to be fair whoever the prime minister i mean have was, you been watching the prime minister <laughs> <laughs> i know but like it was it's testament to him that he didn't try and staple something to fudge to be quite honest it, it could very easily have been the interaction between uh, <laughs> you know one of the government officials we have right now and the prime minister but essentially i just think it's really the way that fudge speaks to the prime minister is deeply patronizing and the fact that he informs him of events like granted the first time the guy's like a bit you know out of sorts because someone's just clumped, like crawled out of his fireplace and you're probably really having deep deep concerns about security issues and also a portrait's talking to him which is another security issue because it can literally spy on all his meetings um i'm jumping around but um yeah when it comes to like voldemort coming back and all that essentially there's like a mass murder running, like there's events of mass murder. Like I think a bridge comes down, dementors are on the loose and they tell him like weeks after, oh, like at the end of the week. <laughs> if we, if we look at the events that cause Fudge to visit the prime minister, now from memory, it's the escape of Sirius Black. That's the first one. Yeah. Yeah. The Triwizard Tournament. Mm, that was an it's afterthought a, actually. Yeah. It's I'm bringing a dragon by the way. Yeah, no, yeah. no. What, so, so what's the event? Is it actually yeah. black's no big deal? So I think oh, essentially what was it? he says it something related to it. Mu- it must be. It must be black. There's another. No, no. He, com- he comes to tell them about um, an incident, the Quidditch World Cup, in which Muggles were involved. Okay, so it's and then he also says, "Oh, by the way, we're importing three black, dragons and black's a back. <laughs> a terrorist attack, and we're importing dragons, and then." Another mass breakup. A from bigger Azkaban. terrorist threat. See, and the dragons is the one where he mentions that there is a rule book, uh, which one uh, but, of his, and then the rule book says, says, "I have to yeah, tell you, you. Have to, you have to tell, yeah, you have I have to, to tell, tell you that I'm importing dragons." Like, but, but also, what, by what right does Fudge import dangerous creatures onto British shores? Exactly. This is the thing. He has. He's still a UK citizen. 
Because if he's not well, using he, fifty, we, we that's that's no, because question, otherwise yeah. they're an occupying force. Because the queen be owns all. I think the queen owns all the land in the country. That's always the uh, Yeah, but no, but okay, but this is a really interesting point as well, right? Because is any wizarding territory actually on UK soil? Because yeah, because they're known to magically expand various weird places, so it could technically be somewhere completely different. It just but, happens to be accessed through a London. But, so, park. no, so Hogwarts, for example, is a school on British soil. No, it's a school in Scotland, located somewhere in Scotland. Which, interestingly, in Scotland. Scotland has the right to roam. You, as a Muggle, you should be allowed to go anywhere in Scotland. That's my understanding. Sean can correct that's, me. On that's this. a really good point. Yeah, they um, do. They do. You can't. You can't close off land in Scotland. There's no such thing as rights of way in Scotland. Yeah, but they, yeah. But they haven't closed off any land in Scotland. They, they you know, they, they have. You just can't get close because you'll realise you're in danger, or you. But it's like you, in the sense that something? if if I have a path that runs along the back of my garden, God knows why, but if I do that's a public right of way, I can't be like, oh, it's fine. I've just filled my field full of really angry bulls or like, I don't know, put spike traps. You can't You can't be like, well, I've not technically stopped people coming in. It's just if they come in, they're going to get eaten by a wolf. <laughs> like, you, the law doesn't like you to play silly buggers and essentially Hogwarts is them playing silly buggers. Mm. That's a professional legal term. It is. Well, that's not really this, explained ever, is it? Because I think we mentioned this previously, is that when a muggle looks at Hogwarts, they just see a ruin that says, you know, uh, condemned, don't go in danger. But it's never really explained what would happen if a muggle just decided to go in. Never, Maybe no, they just explore mind. a ruin and, and the wizard just see like, oh, what's this muggle doing here? No, never mind that. Hogwarts is an educational establishment in the British Isles. It's under the remit of the Care Commission. No, but you're, but you're assuming it's in the British Isles. It's in a magically, you know, uh, created... Space. No, it's not. It's okay, not. okay, Vib. If we take your argument to the extreme, which is that somehow wizards, the UK wizards, are British wizards, fall under the like they fall under a separate nationality within passport control. Yeah, they they are absolutely not like <laughs> there are no borders, and especially given the fact that they don't seem to have any. Well, you know that borders are an issue right now. They're a hot topic. Um, essentially, they will willy-nilly let uh, international wizards in and out. So if they aren't part of the UK, I mean, it's still an issue. Yeah, perhaps that's just an argument for wizards being much more internationally cooperative than actual muggles. I, I, there is a strong argument for that, I think. But, but that's wizard not law, in front of us. Wizard law cannot override UK law. When they were organising the Quidditch World Cup, there is no way in hell they did a risk assessment, which will be required under UK law, which they won't have done. Because the Muggle Prime Minister was not informed beforehand, nor was like the, you know, Department of, I don't know what the UK Department is, but you know, the sports people in the government. Did anyone tell <laughs> Gary no Lineker? One, I was going to say no one told Seb Coe, but yeah, Gary Lineker. <laughs> <laughs> Gary either, Lineker wasn't allowed to be a pundit, so yeah. therefore. Either Gary or Seb needed to be kept in the loop, and neither were. <laughs> No, but but I do imagine that the Department for Magical Sports would have uh, performed their various risk assessments. What led by Ludo Bagman? Yeah, led I don't by think Ludo so. Bagman again. Is it any worse than Boris Johnson? No, I think Ludo Bagman is just a Boris Johnson insert, <laughs> an athletic Boris Johnson. Once upon a time. <laughs> also, I'm trying you, to think- you saw him absolutely nail that eight-year-old kid playing rugby. <laughs> That's very true, actually. I feel like Ludo Bagman probably falls foul of the bribery act or something. He's got he some does. funny things happening. He definitely happening. does, one hundred percent. So, like, he's like Harry that's the thing. Potter. Sorry, go ahead, Ellie. Oh no, this is me just like being like, none of them follow UK laws. They think they're above it. They are UK citizens. I will die on that hill. Otherwise, also, they're kidnapping our children. Harry but, Potter, at the very least, is a UK citizen. Oh, yeah. well, Hermione Granger, one hundred percent. Hermione Granger, one hundred percent. Yeah. But Hermione, is, really, is Hermione Granger really the one you want to you know, build your case around, considering that she uses your favourite charm on her own parent? No, no, we're coming on to that. We're coming <laughs> she on is to a that. war I th- criminal, essentially. I, I mentioned it earlier, I think. Obliviate, I venture, is the single most terrifying spell in the Harry Potter universe. Oh, absolutely. Hands down. And this, well, the... there is the bat bogey hex, but yeah, Obliviate. Okay, no, fair enough. Short <laughs> second. Jimmy Weasley's bat bogey hex. But it's fine. It you can defeat money. that by having a very clean nose. But, <laughs> <laughs> you certainly will at the end of it, for sure. But yeah, it's it's quite concerning the fact that this is. I was going to jump on Sean's point earlier as well, just in case anyone gets really frustrated, being like, "You never got to the point," which is frequent with me. But um, 
yeah, it's concerning the fact that you have three unforgivable curses. And yet the idea of, you know, saying, why not bump it up to four and saying mind wiping people is a bad thing to do. No, because apparently that's a government mandate, you know, mandated uh, thing, isn't it? It's crazy. That's what's really scary. And they use it on muggles, right? This is where I think there's a real problem. They have a department for it. Yeah, the there's a department within the Department for Magical Law Enforcement, isn't it? As a matter of fact, the I think they exclusively use it on muggles, don't they? Uh, the Obliviator Squad, I think, is exclusively designed to, to make muggles forget wizards. But we know that Gilderoy Lockhart uses it. No, you, you, can, you, you can use it on a wizard, but I don't think the Ministry of Magic at least is ever no, sorry. to do it on wizards. Sorry, no, I think you're right. I, I think we never see it used on wizards. But it's quite, that's thing, it's quite interesting. Yeah, the framing of Gilderoy Lockhart using it on wizards is obviously framed as a bad thing to do, whereas using it against muggles is, oh, no, it's for their own good, the poor little lambs. This is the really concerning paternalistic approach that wizards take to muggles that we spoke about last time as well. And I think that's what gives rise to this idea that insurgency might not be the right word, but they're a sort of occupying force or... What, what what I think is really shadow government or something. Well, they're not yeah. a shadow government because they're not official. Like anyone can call themselves a government. Essentially, they're the Amish run riot. <laughs> okay, sure you're working. <laughs> well, no, in the sense that the Amish have their own courts, and I think um, you can. You know, I'm really plumbing the depth of my knowledge of the Amish, which is mostly Rumspringer. Springer, I don't know. <laughs> There we go. We've plumbed the depths. But essentially, you have little isolated communities that do have their own sort of different kind of, I don't know, rigmaroles and the like. But the Amish can't supersede US law. And to kind of, you obviously, you in I'm having to jump to the US because I can't think of any UK examples. But in the US, you do have the sort of like uh, native governments, but they're done by treaties and the like. Whereas... Hmm. I just don't yes, think the wizards have. US law doesn't apply on reservations. Yeah. Whereas, but it's interesting in terms of the, of, of UK wizards, right? Because mm. I, I guess it's never made explicit that UK wizards aren't subject to UK law. It's just, you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> you yeah. know, send some policemen out to try and arrest some wizards with your fire legs. I know. You know, it's not going to happen, is it? What are you well, saying? No, they must be they, they must be UK citizens because you mentioned that the excellently named uh, Theseus Scamander signs up with the British Army in World I mean, War he sign, One. He signs up with like a wizard detachment, doesn't he? I mean, I, I got but, this horribly wrong last time, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> All I remember is the, is the Owl Brigade, which was hilarious at the time and still is. And Newt was involved in an attempt to wrangle dragons, but like. So either this is this is I, get, I, I tie myself in knots with this. Either Theseus was a member of the British Army, and at the time, you know, Douglas Haig knew about wizards and had a wizard detachment that he put on, sent on special missions, or the Ministry of Magic was at war with Germany. Which I uh, but but ultimately though, because the. Ministry for Magic decided that they would not participate in the war. So either they're sort of conscientious objectors. If they fall under the idea right. of they report to the Prime Minister, the I Department of Education could suddenly turn around Minister. and say, we're not taking part in a war. I mean, I don't know what call there would be for them to go into it, but the Treasury can't just say, well, we're not part of the war, so we're not going to fund it, sus guys. Yeah, I don't think they are subservient. I see this more as a sort of... Um, Almost like a like a UN type situation, right? Where they're they're just two different nations altogether, and just out of common courtesy, the the wizards every now and then say, "Oh, by the way, guys, we are going to do this." But no, that they're, doesn't. They're that on doesn't our work. land. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure they would argue the 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 same. You know, <laughs> no, but they're on their land. So, for example. When wizards go to platform nine and three quarters, there is a period of time, even if we accept that platform nine and three quarters is not in central London and is in some Ministry of Magic owned pocket dimension, there is a period of time during which wizards are on British soil 
And I ask again, by what right? What passports did they have to present? Are they a member of the EU? Like, how did they get into Britain? Unless they're UK citizens. And if they're UK citizens, then they're subject to UK laws. Exactly. Except they're not, because the wizards say, fuck that, we're doing what we want. Yeah, but, but what laws do we see wizards break? All of them. Flying cars feels illegal. I'm not sure how no, it feels there, there was illegal. literally an article in the BBC last week about the first ever flying car. <laughs> a, flying not Ford, a flying Ford <laughs> Anglia also, feels illegal. <laughs> also, the you know, aforementioned not doing risk assessments and the like. Breaking laws no, but that's an assumption to... that you've made. We don't well, know that they didn't make any risk assessments. It doesn't always have to be showy. The fact that they're, you know, mind-controlling people, I feel like that. No, that if that not, is the big that is the big one. Yeah, if not specifically, we haven't thought we need to have a law about it. You can definitely get it under one of them and sort of just make it fit. You can make a case that that's grievous bodily harm. To be fair, but for all on. we know, if they've they've passed that law a hundred times and it's been forgotten every time. Also, <laughs> I guarantee, like James the First, will have like passed some sort of anti witchcraft legislation. So their entire Very existence true. is a crime. Very true. Like, there is no way, because this is going to be one of those ones where it's just never been repealed because people are like, oh, we don't need it. Turns out we do. We really do. <laughs> no, the whole mind control is is very worrying and special. Because it's particularly the way that, because, you know, when they, when they wipe the, the poor muggle's memory who's in charge of the field at the Quidditch World Cup, right? Yeah. Some guy just operates right behind him, wipes his memory, and Arthur Weasley, Hermione... And Harry, particularly Harry and Hermione, who live in the Muggle world, they don't even think twice about it. They're like, oh, yeah, it's cool. You know, what's that guy's memory? Who cares? Let him get a real life. You can also see that it's doing damage. It's doing permanent damage. Absolutely. Even more worryingly, if you, they have a junior minister, one of the Death Eaters tries to put him under an Imperius curse. Yes. Goes wrong, and he thinks he's a duck. And again... Our Prime Minister wasn't told about this straight away. It was a sort of like, oh, you know the guy who's been a bit funny and started trying to strangle his family? Yeah, no, it turns out it's terrorists that tried to do that. Sorry, it's taken us a week to let you know we've been handling it. And you're just like, do you not think maybe for security reasons, people should be made aware that people are trying to control people's mind and so maybe look out for strange behaviours and the like? Just a no, thought. That's, that's, yeah, that's a fantastic point because... It's that, and not long after. I mean, obviously, as we've mentioned before, they they have, clearly have people more or less in place all over the world to just be like, "Oh, cast a little, uh, you know, obliviate on <laughs> said president or said prime like, minister." At a minute's how notice. creepy is that? Because essentially, yeah. the implication behind that is we have people everywhere. They can get to anyone at any time. No one will believe you if you say this, and also if they do, we can just wipe your mind. Have a nice sleep. Like, it's sinister as shit. It is. And then only minutes later, well, moments later in, in book terms, you know, they, they install Kingsley Shacklebolt as, like, the PM's personal aid. Exactly. They've already installed him. Which... Yeah, about, that's, it's a quote, isn't it? About your new aid. Oh, Shacklebolt, you can't get rid of him. I really mm. like him. Of course you do. He's one of ours. That's terrifying. Also, how patronising is that? Well, of course you love him as a wizard. He's not one of your shitty lot, is he? It's mm. just, it's just awful. But I know I just the, just the deeper the- you delve into wizards, it comes back to the conversation we had about St. Mungo's as well. Like the existence of St. Mungo's is such a smack in the face. They can cure to- cancer, and they don't. Yeah, that's well, we we don't necessarily know that. They can I mean, try. I'm sure they can, they can sure cure they can, a yeah. lot. They could basically render A and E pointless. The problem is, knowing wizards, they're not even aware of cancer because they do seem to be stuck like five, six hundred years behind us somehow. Yeah, maybe it's just their natural protection. But but ultimately, coming back to the original question, is the Ministry of Magic an insurgency? I don't think either of you have presented a solid case yet. They are though, right? If I dip into the Hague Convention briefly, which I definitely haven't read, and I've just choice picked sound bites, but um, it's all we ever do. Yeah. Territory is considered occupied when it is actually placed under the authority of a hostile army, which is the Hague Convention Article 49. Is that Article 49? It's an article. It's one of them. Google it. But yeah, essentially, wizards don't have any standing armies, so... 
Dude, so I would every wizard is a standing yeah, army. Exactly. Yeah, by your definition, but not by the you know the Hague's definition. Yeah, I think the Hague fair, doesn't have a definition because they keep getting obliviated. <laughs> well, then my point still stands, doesn't it? <laughs> but they've definitely seized territory in the country that we can't access. See Hogwarts. See Diagon Alley. See, I don't know, various other like little wizarding enclaves. Now this is this is where I'm going to have to turn to my. I don't know if you're a lawyer, Ellie, but I know that at least one of us here. Oh no, I'm absolutely not a lawyer. Um, Christ! If if I occupy, say, a part of London and no one ever calls me on it, have I still occupied it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, it depends what you mean by occupy, but like there is, there will be a freeholder of that land who ultimately is the owner. And 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 how do you know who the freeholder is? You check the land registry. Exactly, and, and who and how how far back in that date? I mean, every piece of land in the United Kingdom is on the land registry. Sure, and so what if what if what if on those registries it says owned by Ministry for Magic? Then you know what? Fair enough. No, you know what? Then we're getting into some real sticky situations with anti-discrimination law. Because who are they letting in and why? Because it's not they're not saying it's all muggles, but there's a very like need to know basis in the sense that Hermione Granger's parents can access Diagon Alley. So it's not that they're saying no muggles can come in, but essentially But one assumes have... they can only access it with Hermione because they'd need Hermione's wand to get through the wall. <laughs> yeah. So they have put up like an artificial gateway which is based on characteristics that people can't control, which is the presence or absence of magic. Sadly, I don't think the presence or absence of magic is a protected characteristic under the Equality Act. Yet. It should be. Oh, yes. It was going to be, and then the Obliviators came along. <laughs> exactly. But fundamentally, this, this always goes back to, as, as we all know by now, my favourite argument of why the numbers don't make any sense. And I think we briefly <laughs> touched on this. Oh, God, here we go again. We, well, we, we did, right? Because we've mentioned Hermione's parents. That's already yeah. two muggles to one wizard. And then we've mentioned that, that quite a few wizards marry muggles. So a lot of muggles actually know about wizards. Well, yeah. But a lot of muggles Add know the, that wizards no, exist, no. And, and yet they still... Add obliviate to marriages, and everything becomes really uncomfortable really quickly. Hmm. Also, You're just really worried that your wife has wiped your memory multiple times, aren't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but... Essentially, it's just because imagine the situation if you married a wizard and then you have this sword. I don't doubt the ministry go around to visit them and impress upon them quite heavily. If you tell anyone about this, we can wipe the prime minister's memory. We can do this. We can do that. You know that they're going to come for you. You know that they think you're like less than nothing. Of course, that's just the magical equivalent of the Official Secrets Act, in which case, if you break it, they hang you. They don't. I've signed it. (laughs) Well, now they're going to hang you. The sanction yeah. for breaking the Official Secrets Act is going to prison. And can I please thank whoever's going to do the hanging for you know, <laughs> ridding me of this co-host? <laughs> the sanction for breaking the Official Secrets Act is going to prison. It's not being hung. Well, some would say that having hanged. a memory wiped is just a mental prison. Yes, but those people don't think about Obliviate properly. <laughs> <laughs> well, how could you? Because you never know what the <laughs> hell it is. I, I, that's right, I get fixated on it because it, the idea that you cut away a part of who someone is and that's completely fine is just so horrific. And I, I fundamentally don't think that J.K. Rowling appreciated quite how terrifying it was when she wrote it. I, I, you know, I think she did, right? Because she introduces that spell in the second year. And then she spends many, many subsequent years being like, oh, but look at these curses. They're so very bad. Why don't we focus on the Imperius curse or, you know, the De Killing curse or the Cruciatus curse? And you've just please got forget, Obliviate. Please forget hanging. about Obliviate, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you think she looked at it and went, oh, shit. Maybe the ministry is an insurgency. I should change this. <laughs> because, I mean, I feel like the question with Obliviate is like, even though if you took a memory away, would you still have a vague sense of unease? Like in the sense that you have, like, say if you got hit by a car, you might still sort of have like some sort of real deep gut feeling that. So like, I think there's a, I think there's a massive question as to what happens when you take a memory away. Does it fill the gap, or are you just left with a hole? 
Well, because if we think about, was it Slughorn when he tried to modify his own memory? He modified his own memory, yeah. And it well, and jumped I don't round. think he did, though. He, he modified the memory that he gave away, which which maybe he's Oh, quite. Because yeah, he obviously no. had the real memory there, right? When he, he, he because I, I don't no, think it's right. like it's not going to be some slick operation like in Men in Black where they sort of give them like the flash and then they get like a here's the kind of replacement thing because we've seen when they have repeated memory modification spells, they start to get really muddled really quickly. Yeah, yeah. But and but this so, is this is this comes back to a sort of competency argument as you guys were saying earlier. You know, not every wizard is a Dumbledore or even a Harry. Uh, or, or crucially, a Hermione, because I think we do find out when Hermione obliviates her parents, she somehow implants a memory that they are, you know, dentists who live in Australia and have no no kids. Yeah, you know, ha- that seems to be a reality that they a, take on. Have yeah. a sudden desire to move to Australia. Yeah, but, and yeah. and to a point yeah. where no, no wizard will ever be able to, or certainly no Muggle will ever be able to, to find out the truth there. I mean, maybe a wizard like Voldemort could, with enough mental digging. Well, yeah, because that's the other. That's the other scary thing is that wizards are mind readers. Oh God! Oh come on! As Snape would say, that's way too simplistic. It's way too simplistic. But the but, mind is not a book, Sean. Oh, shut up! <laughs> Yours is. It's a comic book. <laughs> I don't know if that's insulting. Or not. I really don't think it is. It was meant to be, and then I realised it's probably not. <laughs> Do you think they have like wizard Marie Condos who like who are like? Like I can't pronounce it. Who are mind readers and um, essentially can go in and like organize your mind for you? Because that would be quite nice. That would be quite useful. Like where they just make it tidy. See, but, but this is this is where it gets, in my opinion, really very murky, right? Because sure, tampering with Muggle memories and so on is 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 heinous. But even when it comes to wizards, it's not like legitimacy or occlumency is a thing that's ever talked about unless in very specific circumstances. Like, it's not taught. And you have, essentially, the headmaster of a school full of 11 to 17-year-old children who can just read everyone's mind by looking at It's never quite clear to me exactly how legitimacy works. Like, Snape has to Snake casts a spell in order to be able to do it. No, he Isn't he does he? he does in training. He he does in training as it, but I think that's to make it really obvious. Oh yeah, there's maybe. certainly times in the books I think where he just because he does that th- same thing in Dumbledore is just more intensely where you know he stares at Harry and he almost knows that Harry's lying. So I think he, the Snake does, it does with, that. He does it Have with we... Malfoy as well, doesn't he? We overhear yeah. him using legitimacy on Malfoy. Have we essentially got to the root why Snape is actually such a grumpy bastard, which is that he just has to listen to horny teenage brains all day? I think it's that he listens to everyone in Hogwarts going, he's Probably, such a yeah. douche. Probably. But then why does he think just wash Snape... his hair? <laughs> like he, think, he knows, and now it's a grudge thing. Because everyone's like, God, Snape's such a greasy bastard. And he's like, I like being greasy. It means I can slip through pipes more easily, or whatever he's doing. <laughs> I could be the next heir of Slytherin. Um... <laughs> Oh my god, do you think Snape LARPs is just like as the like Slytherin's monster? Snake, I'm a snake. <laughs> I'm Snape. Amazing. Amazing. No, but I, I think Snape because it does seem that Snape has to exert some sort of effort. And this is where yeah. it, where it all gets really quirky, right? Because we talked about wizards are armed, etc., and, and and wands and so on. But wizards like Dumbledore seemingly are just able to cast legitimacy without doing anything. It's almost just like a thought. Same mm. with that it seems that he can cast like Homino Revelio when he when he walks into a room and he knows exactly where people are to the point where he can fool, you know, a deathly hallow uh, where he knows exactly that Ron and, and Harry are stood in the corner of Hagrid's cabin somehow. So I think that there's just level of, of again, magical power where some people don't need wands, some people can just think and do things, yeah. whereas others like Snape need to articulate it more. And and that's a level of knowledge that seems to be hidden even to wizards, let alone muggles. Do you muggles. think, because I've just realised, I feel like the mind reading is the biggest wizarding problem we've got to overcome, because I feel like I've got solutions for all the others, but mind reading is actually the one that might, oh shit. Oh, I'd love might... to hear the solutions to all of them, actually. I think, yeah. I, I think the answer to... Like, but is it, just, is it eye contact? Because if not, we could just do sunglasses. No, eye contact is, is specifically for, uh, I always mix up curses or jinxes, like what uh, um, Quirrell does to Harry in first year. But he needs just, to have eye contact. 
for some reason. But, yeah, but for, does Snape jinxing. when he does he's mind, jinxing the broom? Yeah, because when Snape does like reads people's minds, does he have to gaze into their eyes, or does it just help? I st- I think it just helps. I think it just helps. Yeah, because uh, certainly Voldemort doesn't need to look into people's eyes because when we are in his head and he's killing everyone from Gringotts. He basically rips out of their heads whether or not they knew about the cup and then kills them. Doesn't yeah. he? Okay. Yeah. Um, Weirdly, do we think tinfoil might actually help? Yes, we're on to something. I mean, tinfoil did... for tinfoil. Who'd have thought? Yeah, that's absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just wondering because I'm just oh, I'm really cross now because I'm like, damn it, I hadn't even thought of this as an issue. And now it means that we have to just avoid wizards and we can only fight them from a distance. Otherwise, we give all our plans away. Unless, of course, we have to operate in cells. That's our only solution. No one can know the whole plan. <laughs> maybe. Um, I, I think tinfoil, maybe tinfoil glasses. But I think in, in Goblet of joke. Fire, doesn't, doesn't like baby mutant weird miscreant Voldemort read uh, the muggle's mind without even looking at him because his yes yeah he pulls that, when his he's turned Frank, around doesn't he he's, he face, he's his, facing yeah. the fire and he reads Frank's and mind. he still reads Frank's mind so I think again if you're powerful and this is the weird thing about all this universe I think if you're powerful enough you can more or less just do whatever you, you want start, yeah the rules start to flex around Voldemort and Dumbledore in particular I guess as they as they should perhaps to be fair yeah. I think with enough safeguards in place it doesn't matter if wizards know what we we are actually doing as long as we know they can't break through. Because actually... It, 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 it matters on a sort of philosophical level. Oh, yeah, on I a mean, philosophical yeah, if, level. If we're, if we're building a force to take them down... And you guys are arguing they've already broken through because it's an insurgency. No, well, but... Said, yeah. This is where I was going to come on to. I think insurgency might not... Based on Ellie's definition from the very start, I'm not convinced insurgency is the right so word. I'm glad you said it. But, they're an occupying force, and we need to fight them something. back. <laughs> but they're not, though, because they reveal themselves to the Prime Minister, and he does precisely fuck all about it. Because he's afraid, which is why oh, we need... nonsense. What would happen if the Prime Minister said, uh, fuck off out of our country, thank you, bye? Well, then he will wake up the following morning thinking, what a great evening I had. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Or he wouldn't wake up at all. It's one or the other. I'm, I'm also willing to bet that uh, every single muggle, every single wizard, sorry, is breaking the law. Absolutely. <laughs> See, if I was prime only the law they choose to abide by. None of them pay tax to HMRC. Or do they? They don't follow immigration rules. They don't yeah, but, follow. But why would you pay tax safety? if you have no income? They all have jobs. Yeah, but none of them get paid money. They do. You, they do. Do, they do, you, do you pay income tax on random like trinkets? No, but there is no. This they get paid this in is, gold. No, uh, pay, they get paid in kind, which has a value because the the thing in which they get paid in kind has a uh, transferable value into sterling. Assuming they get paid to work, and it's not just a charitable donation that happens to occur every month. That I don't think work, wizards work on charity. <laughs> can I just can I just for the record show that Sean didn't manage to say anything to that? I feel I like he, I think you've actually for Ellie him to, speechless. Wait, waiting for Ellie to knock that low hanging fruit away. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, it's barely worth my time. But <laughs> one thing that is kind of slightly um changing the subject, but not really, is um <laughs> is because it's more tied into my plan of how to get rid of wizards for once and for all. Um, which mainly involves poisoning, but um, we don't Sorry, have any wizard answer. farmers, so they have to have a no. food source, and we are their food source because, according to Gamp's law, they can't just magic up food. True. Ah, but they—you mm. could have worded that slightly less terrifyingly, though. What do you mean, in the sense <laughs> we, we are, are a source their of their food? food yeah. <laughs> Soylent green. We might be, and we might not even know. It's true. It's true. I, I never remember with Gamp's Law. Can they... Because the annoying thing is they can conjure up drinks, right? So they can survive for a long time with just magic. Yeah, so we can't go after their water supply. It has can, to be the but food. They, but I think they can also duplicate no, they, food, can't they? 
I they think can't they, can't food. they can't create it, but duplication, I think, is this weird exception, or have I got that wrong? You, you, it may well be true. If, but does I something swear... weird happens with duplication, though? Oh, is it the quality yeah, starts to decline, so you can't just buy one chocolate bar and then I think that's sell right. like thousands? Because it's, like... the, it's the Geminio curse, or whatever it is, that they use to replicate the cup. Yeah, but I think that that's a that's obviously a curse. I think that there's yeah. probably better, less less, less uh, vicious duplications, but probably. But I just, I don't know. They just give me the ick. Wizards, I think, is essentially, which I know is a terrible think, argument, but no, I think I think that's completely fair. I think they're creepy fuckers, and they're like parasites that. Essentially, I will admit, I think they buy, well, I assume they buy the food off us, but for all we know, there's a poor muggle farmer for who can't, for the life of him, balance his books. Yeah. They you could be stealing... that lo- they fish plimpies and live off that, huh? Maybe they... Like house- xenophilias. Hang on, do they... Also, if we're talking about them, like, breaking the law, what about house elves, a sentient being kept as slaves? Pretty yeah, sure that's very not true. Legal. Don't pay house elves. But even wizards struggle with that, right? No, it's true. <laughs> yeah, no, I... Even wizards struggle with that as if it's a good thing. <laughs> One wizard struggles. Look, you're with backing it. me into a corner with my fellow kin here. I'm just trying to defend ourselves <laughs> long enough for me to, you know, send my colleagues over to oblivion the both of you. Yeah, me and Sean are going to wake up tomorrow going, we must remember to film the podcast this evening. Yeah, we need to do that recording. <laughs> I'll just upload episode 15 and Sean will go, what happened to 14? <laughs> yeah. We don't speak about 14. 14 was great. What are you on about? <laughs> It's like Windows 9. It just never happened. <laughs> Maybe that was Wizards as well. <laughs> just saying. Maybe, maybe. But I think we're essentially agreeing that Wizards are creepy, to say the very least. Yeah, the specific terminology that you apply might differ from person to person. I'm, I, I think they're sort of too embedded to be realistically called an insurgency. Um. I, I there's some sort of shadow government or something like that from yeah but 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 this this might rekindle the whole debate about the um uh what's it called statute of secrecy no yeah something like international that, right? statute of secrecy yeah, yeah that's the one um where they where they hide because they they essentially just don't want to have to deal with all this bullshit and therefore interact with but, muggles but, but as I don't, little I, as possible i can't live in the uk and say oh i don't want to deal with hmrc so i'm not dealing with that bullshit and continue yeah. to live my yeah, but, life but, but, you, but, you, but you don't have the 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 tools to be able to actually avoid mhrc no absolutely but, but we, don't, we don't live in a mike makes right society well, yeah except wizards do. do no but by that logic wizards are essentially sovereign citizens you know those people who like argue with yeah the freemen of constantly. the land exactly yeah. yeah deeply irritating members of society but good value good value to wizards. sort of watch you, you wonder this, if, this... if um if mi5 every now and then has a sort of case file on a wizard they're like oh this this person's really suspicious and then just disappears i i do wonder whether there are a bit like, have you ever read, Ellie, I think you have, The Rivers of London series yeah. by Ben Aranovich? Because um, in that, people, some people sort of across the higher echelons of British society know about magic and the fae and all of that and just kind of as it run on a don't bother us, we won't bother you type agreement. And I wonder whether there's something a bit like that in Harry Potter. So like you say, maybe there's a couple of people who've been at MI5 for 50 years who look at case files and go, yeah, we're never solving that one. Don't worry about it. It can go in that pile over there. See, I'd argue that's the wrong... I think that's a good shout for the mentality, but I think that's the wrong mentality to think because that's the sort of... In the olden days, as it were, wizards were something for muggles to fear. But I think nowadays... Muggles or something, they should fear us because essentially they can't wipe our case files anymore because they're on computers. And I guarantee the wizards are going to just smash the computer monitor and call it job done. (laughs) And you're just like, it's on the hard drive, mate. Can't obliviate a computer. They they are, as as I think we mentioned in our last. Can't obliviate the cloud. Exactly. They they are surprisingly technologically incompetent. Inept, yeah. I I don't think it's particularly surprising if you think about it. Well, because they can't. Well, maybe use that's just technology. the image they're trying to portray. Well, we 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 invent technology to solve problems, right? 
the steam we invented the steam engine because we needed a way to transport heavy things faster than horse and cart basically wizards have that they've got like they can just make shit fly they don't need to invent steam engines so so their uptake of technology is yeah, predictably yeah. slower the fact that they still use quills rather than biros makes no sense but that's just because they're all a little bit i think probably because dumbledore is just quirky they, they revel in eccentricity let's they do honest. revel in eccentricity that's a really good way of putting it but, um, I think but what's what's weird is that I feel when when Fudge comes to visit uh, the Prime Minister, especially when Scrimger also comes in a bit later, mm. you think, well, why are you here? Like, what's the point of informing the Muggles if you're not going to ask them for help? Or perhaps think think outside the box. You know, they might actually be helpful because no one's going to expect you know the army to rock up the show. No one expects this. Exactly. Might just work. Well, like that's thing. What's Voldemort going to do with a tank? Because for all we know. Like tiger tank, probably. Well, I mean, he possibly. he would easily beat an entire Muggle army, I okay. think. But it's worth a try because right? they, they sort of leave it on this stupid thing as like, well, but don't you know magic? Is like, well, yeah, but the other side knows magic too. At which point, the prime minister should have said, well, have you tried an army? Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe, and a load of guns. Maybe have you tried guns. <laughs> well, because we what I want to actually guns. see, what I want to see is how Voldemort deals with the concept of mutually assured destruction. Which is yeah, great. Wipe the muggles out. Have you heard of something called nuclear weapons? But isn't but isn't because I Voldemort swear to God, if the killers, with, no, we'll just Voldemort turn the island to glass. Mouth, Doesn't he? Because that that Dumbledore is the wizarding equivalent of mutually assured destruction, isn't he? No, I think nuking Britain is. See, but the thing is, but the, but then I don't think certainly a wizard like Voldemort wouldn't care, right? He's like, yeah, sure, nuke London, whatever that means. He'll just he'll just know that something's up, probably put some really powerful protective enchantments around himself if he's even in the country. And then that what? Mean, does We've already said re- that if they, they can probably cure cancer, so the nuclear fallout's not going to bother a wizard. They'll just know, live I... in a nuclear wasteland for a while. <laughs> I just feel like Voldemort's not thought it through. Like, I do just think technology really could beat wizards. Because essentially a lot of the issues, like in terms of, again, I just, it comes back to sniper rifles. Like Voldemort can't be a sniper rifle. Like, yeah, he's got his horcruxes, but if every time he pops up, you put a bullet in his head, he's going to get quite cross quite yeah, quickly. Yeah, but then, but I don't necessarily disagree with you that if, if you if you had the shot and he's just casually strolling around Oxford Street, maybe, but I just don't see that. He just pops up randomly and then he's probably veiled or... um disillusioned right so because my theory or even on invisible this, <laughs> my theory on this is if you take hogwarts and the fact that we know electronics don't work there we know there's a certain threshold where electronics go haywire around magic so theoretically we could start dealing with like like i was going to use wigglier less and less reliable technology in terms of we're looking for something that's designed to break in the presence of magic and we can essentially lower that down to levels of such fine stress points that we can get it to break in the point of like a wizard, a wizard of a certain threshold. So we'd be uh, able to kind of fly drones all over the country, pinpoint areas of high magical activity, and then send some surface, like surface-to-air missiles to take out Malfoy Manor. Golden. I think we, I think we call that modern-day physics and looking for dark matter and energy. That too. <laughs> Maybe when when those physicists are successful, we will find Voldemort. I was basing on uh, anti-tip devices and shipping. Oh, wow. Niche. I don't know why. I think I watched a documentary on them once, which shows the excitement (laughs) I have in my life over lockdown. Well, we can all share in that, I think. (laughs) We've all done something like that. We've all done things we're not proud of during lockdown. And some things we are very not proud of. And you, dear listener, are listening to one of those. <laughs> Quite right. Quite right. So but I think I think I'll, we can conclude. Yeah. Sorry, I think just stealing your thunder there. No, go for it. I was just going to say I think we can conclude. I, all three of us are unhappy with the situation presented to us by the books. We we might differ precisely on exactly how unhappy we are, depending on our grasp of things like ethics. But, Are you suggesting right? my okay. need to bomb them to Kingdom Come is perhaps not, not the most moral choice? I think, I think, I think, in in your own unique ways, you and Vib have both gone in quite interesting directions during the course of this episode. 
I, I um, think so, so Ellie's approach is bomb them, <laughs> worst case scenario, nuke them and us with it. Well, I'm Mine just is, saying... well, we can't see them anyway, so who cares? And then Sean is just here for, I don't, I don't really know why you're here. I'm trying very hard to provide some sort of moral center to the podcast, but I'm just it's saying not they need to learn. <laughs> they need to learn to be afraid of us. Like, I'm really still more. Afraid. I'm still too unhappy about Oblivier. I don't know why we can't all just. I don't understand. You can just ask why we can't just all get along. Yeah, I want to. What's the? Why should we all get along like we used to in middle school? Why don't no, we just um, take all the wizards and put them on an island somewhere in the Pacific Ocean? And then um, nuke that? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or Bikini Atoll. I mean, we, uh, haven't no, even, my, my... we haven't even touched on Azkaban and the, f- the sheer terror of the fact that they yeah, think that's, that's an acceptable way of yes. dealing with prison. And that they does a lot you... of damage to the but human race. I'd like to think that most wizards don't agree with that situation either. Well, at least, at least they seem the... pretty... Like, they, they don't like the idea of them going to it, but they seem generally okay with the idea of some people going to it. Yeah, that's fair, I mean, there wasn't a mass Arthur protest. Really hate there wasn't a mass protest at Hogwarts when one of their teachers got sent there. Exactly. And yeah. Three quarters of the school liked Hagrid. Exactly. I mean we we went on strike at my school when they turned the water off. They, they just have a very adventurous. I was gonna say I don't know what we'd do if we sent a teacher put to prison, but they did, and that was good. Because <laughs> let's not forget that when to all intents and purposes, Albus Dumbledore just escapes justice. Everyone's like, Oh yeah, how cool was that? Amazing. Yeah, you, no, you, it was, you ran it was, from the coppers, and we all it was we all support exercising lawful authority to <laughs> yeah. arrest a man ac- accused with evidence of a crime. This yeah. crime, in fact, insurgency. They <laughs> <laughs> accuse him of running an insurgency. They don't even recognize their own hypocrisy. My 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 overall issue, just to conclude, and then I'll give you both the opportunity to say the same thing. I think it comes back to the interactions between. The prime minister and the uh, sorry the the prime minister and the the minister for magic, because there is potential there for that to work as a partnership as as we've identified, but it doesn't, and it's fundamentally because for some reason or another, wizards do not accept Muggle authority; they just don't in any way, shape, or form. The only authority they accept is the authority of other wizards. I can see why you would draw that conclusion. I, I don't necessarily disagree with it, but I also don't think we ever see any sort of impetus, right? That It's not like the Mughal Prime Minister ever says, well, you know, when, when all these crises are happening, you know, the bridge collapses and whatnot, not, not once does it occur to him, like, oh, maybe I should give the wizards a call. He doesn't, yeah, I suppose that's true. But how you Doesn't he try to, to talk to the painting at one point and it ignores him? No, he tries to have the painting removed. <laughs> oh, right, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I the think opposite. Thing, if you think about how many things happen in a country, the Prime Minister can't be expected to every time ask a painting that doesn't react to him in any way. No, 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 of course. Lot. It's easier for it to go you? the other way. Of course, but but when, when a Prime Minister has, has a self-professed awful week where many, many different tragedies happen, you, you think... Maybe it's got something to do with these mysterious dudes who came up and turned my like thing into a gerbil. I forget what it is, but teacup, you know, yeah, teacup, exactly. I, I don't know. I, I think I think the Muggles are a little bit guilty of just being ignorant. They're, they're sort of ignorance is bliss. That's kind of what they're thinking. No, see, I, I agree think that's with a necessary that. survival instinct, though. No, see, I agree with that in the sense that we've sort of floated the idea that maybe there are pre-existing sort of agreements between the muggles and wizards about kind of expected behaviors and my point is that if those agreements do exist which i'm not sure but whatever if those agreements do exist they are clearly not sufficient and we need a way of forcing the wizards back to the table to have new negotiations and saying you are absolutely categorically not allowed to obliviate us anymore otherwise we'll cut your thumbs off Muggles live. <laughs> Muggles Sorry, live in what? ignorance. Muggles live in ignorance because stick beats gun every time. Absolutely not, and I will fight you on that. Physically, well, I, I, I hope very much hope that we can get you back on an episode yeah. to, to fight me on this. No, thanks for coming, Ellie. Very much so. It was a pleasure to meet you. It was nice meeting you, lot. I say that like I've never met Sean before, and I have just been stalking you both. Yeah, we were literally at a barbecue on Sunday, but whatever. 
It's in something you, you've 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 liked. You, you've tried to forget that you knew Sean. I, I understand the feeling. He did uh, soundly reject my suggestion of a good place to go for pork pies and told me it was useless knowledge. So there is that. I do still remember that, Sean. <laughs> I am still cross. Well, now that's when a hot take. This? I suggested if you went near Pocklington, they do really good pork pies there, and you told me I need to know less useless knowledge. Well, it was more because I was talking about where I wanted to live. And I'm saying if you and live near there... they've got good there, pork pies in Pocklington, I'm afraid isn't it going to be a determining factor on that. They're really good pork pies. Sure, like, I, really... I can get them off the internet. But anyway... I think you're being too harsh there, Sean. That sounds like a great reason to move somewhere. Oh, shut up. What I'm, what I'm saying is I'm going to bring those pork pies to the next barbecue, and I'm not going to bring enough for you, and you're going to be really <laughs> sorry. Well, on that bombshell, <laughs> <laughs> I need to I need to sum up, but I'm <laughs> chuckling too much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Expertise is Overrated. No doubt we've said some things that were either objectively wrong or downright offensive. As ever, feel free to let us know. Rate the podcast and leave us a comment or drop us an email at expertiseisoverrated at gmail.com. Tweet us at zero expertise. Check out our website, expertiseisoverrated.podbean.com, or come join us in our Discord server. If you're lucky, we might just argue with you in one of our upcoming episodes. If you're really lucky, we might call you an idiot. In our next episode, we're ranking the best warriors in George R. 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 Martin's A Song of Ice and Fire series. Join us then for more nonsense. <laughs>